What is going on, Ballers Life family? I'm Devin Ublin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ronnie Flores, and this is the Ballers Life original show on the rise. On today's episode, we're taking a look at Gonzaga's Jalen Suggs, who's projected to be a top three pick in the 221 NBA draft. Ronnie, why don't you give us a rundown on Jalen Suggs' high school career? Yeah, Devin, uh, you know, I'm glad to be on another episode of On the Rise with you. This is obviously, you know, I like breaking down these players. I find out a little bit more about them as we go into them, you know, based on our points of view and, and your point of view. And I I hope the fans get a little bit more too as, as we go deep into the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Jalen Suggs in a very good ideal situation with Gonzaga. And I, th- I thought his high school career, he was in some ideal situations as well. He is a total winner. I think me and you really like production and winning. Those are two things we, we hold our hat on. And he definitely fits the bill in those categories. You know, he was a three-time gold medal winner with USA Basketball. And that's so far, obviously, he has more chance to have for more accolades there. And he was also, you know, a winner. His high school team won three three state titles. And he was looking for a fourth straight title his senior year last year in 220. But obviously, COVID cut that short. At the time, they were 25-3, and three, number 15 in the FAF 50. But I think the point had already been made. Devin, he's a great high school player, one of the best ever in Minnesota. Uh, Suggs was named Mr. Basketball, 23.3 points per game, 7.5 rebounds, 5.0 assists, 3.9 steals. I mean, he pretty much did it all. Uh, had 2,945 points, just, just shy of 3,000 playing with Chet Holmgren, another person we, whose game we've broken down on the rise. And I think people, you know, it didn't. people didn't know well, who's better, Chet, or who's better, Jalen. And it looks like they're both great players. Yeah, I don't think anyone should be debating the you know greatness of you know Chet Holmgren versus Jalen Suggs because they're all both great in their own ways. Let's jump into the strengths of Jalen Suggs' game, Ronnie. Um, you mentioned kind of the biggest overall point for me, Ronnie, is just the winning attitude and the winning atmosphere that he brings. Um, sure. He was a you know a two sports star in high school. Uh, he had a chance to go play you know quarterback at various you know Power Five schools, whether it was Ohio State or, or whatever it may be. He chose the basketball route which is probably looking at, you know, right now, based on how he's doing at Gonzaga and how he's doing uh, in the NBA draft, you know, projections, probably, probably the best choice for him. But like you said, Ronnie, he has a great all around feel for the point guard position. Six uh, yeah. five, he has the ability to take over a game offensively, but he also thrives in a game management type of role where he can get into the paint at will in the half court setting. He can set up teammates or he can, you know, power through contact and finish above the rim or through contact and, you know, get, get to the foul line where he shoots at a 74% clip as a guard. You want to see, you know, high seventies, low eighties, obviously nineties with the, you know, Steph Curry or Larry bird type of percentage, but um, that's probably one of the things he can improve on, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I think his combination of, of size, speed, physicality, and athleticism are just, you know, way too much for, for defenses to deal with at the college level in transition. Um, he rebounds the defensive glass really well, uh, pushes the break, pushes the break by himself, and you know can make a high IQ decision on whether to uh, you know use numbers and you know take take advantage of a situation where you know uh, transition or, or fast break bucket makes sense, or he pulls it out and runs offense at a high level with high IQ decisions. Um, you know, and all those physical tools that we talked about from size, strength, athleticism standpoint, they're just not there for show. You know what I'm saying? He uses those things to, you know, whether it's blow by guys in half court and get into the paint and, you know, absorb contact and finish or, you know, um, 
get out in, in transition downhill to where guys can't stop him. He's like a freight train, Ronnie. He's one of those explosive guys, like a, you know, transition ability, like a Russell Westbrook type of guy who, if you're going to step in front of him and try and take a charge, you're probably going to get injured. Uh, <laughs> You know what I mean? So he probably likes that. He probably gets the football flashbacks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He has that football mentality. He has that football physicality, but he also has that all around feel of a basketball player and fluidity of a basketball player. Um, And I think for me, Ronnie, the, the biggest strength and kind of what, you know, sets Suggs apart from other guards in college basketball and other guards in the G league or in this draft in general is just the mentality he has. Um, He's kind of a it factor guy, kind of a guy who people can look to to make a, a high level decision, the right decision in key moments of the game. And he doesn't back down from challenges. Obviously, Gonzaga is at the time of this recording, Ronnie, Gonzaga is in the second round of the NCAA tournament, 27 and 0, with Jalen Suggs wow. being being the, you know, the primary ball handler, the catalyst for that team as a freshman. Um, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, running a high-level program, high-level offense with the efficiency and just the ability that Jalen Suggs has done that. And I think that overall translates best to the NBA level because NBA guys need to trust the guy with the basketball in their hands uh, to, you know, make the right play, uh, you know, get guys involved where they're, they're best suited to be involved. And I mean, with him running a high-level team, a high-level offense to a 27 and 0 record, and potentially, hopefully, hopefully they can pull out a victory as we're recording this show, Ronnie, yeah. but potentially uh, a final four run national championship run. I mean, what else do you want in the point guard? Yeah. I what mean, are your strengths? Yeah, you can't, Devin, just, just, you know, closing out on your strengths. You can't beat that package. It's, it's very hard to, to, you know, you look at that and you're like, man, who's been in a better situation? Obviously the top picks all have various situations they're in some are not even in college basketball and there's only two guys left who are really at the high projection that are left in this tournament you know which is Jalen and Evan Mobley you know the other guys have either been knocked out or didn't even play college so this this ideal situation has really helped you know Jalen Suggs so to speak on his strengths and to piggyback some of yours you know when you talk about him being a grid hooper a football player we're not just talking about a guy who like oh he had a scholarship because he had some intangible. This guy was Mr. Football in, in his state, in addition to being Mr. Basketball. So it was like, he, oh, I'm going to take the football season off. Like he put it together and played. And we're talking about one of the best ever combo guys, um, you know, across the country. I'm thinking like Ron Curry, you think of Ron Curry, you know, you think of a quarterback in that regard. Besides Ron Curry, I can't think of a quarterback right now, maybe Greg Paulus, but he's a much more physical Specimen than Great Palace was. Who what about what about Charlie Ward? Yeah, Charlie Ward. You know that's he's again bigger. He's six five. Charlie Ward might have been six one. Okay. And I don't think Charlie Ward was as um highly decorated as a high school basketball player. You know, okay. Jalen Suggs is a legitimate top three to five player in his class. Obviously, we can we can break that down if we want. But the point is, you don't see too many guys. So when you look at that, the durability, the toughness, all all you know fits in. You know, he's a competitive a leader, team first, all that stuff, strength, stamina, balance that you've just seen a great athlete. And sure. then when you throw in his attributes, you're like, wow, this is a complete package. I think he makes a good reads. You know, he can break down, finish, finish with contact. He's a, he gets up more spring than people might think with his size. And, uh, you know, he, he can get in his stance and guard and he, he can 
play the passing lanes really well. That's what I've seen with the Gonzaga games. He just jumps the passing lanes really well, so the IQ kicks in. Um, I also thought he moved well without the ball in the games I've seen and the highlights I've seen. He moves well with the ball, gets to the open shots, and he really lacks little that the ideal point guard would want to have. And then you get him in the half court, he has a terrific burst, terrific uh, first step, and, and that physical ability kicks in. So it's not too much to knock there in terms of like his, his just his strengths as a player. You know, again, when we talk about his weaknesses and when we talk about his uh, projection, we'll get into maybe his, this ideal situation with Gonzaga highlighting, extenuating some of those strengths, or, or is he really that good, Devin? We'll, we'll break that down, but I really don't have too many weaknesses other than, like you mentioned, his shooting and his shooting percentages, which hopefully he will continue to improve upon. Yeah, Ronnie, you touched briefly on his weaknesses. Let's jump into those in a more in-depth fashion. Um, I think, you know, let me run down the stats real quick here, Ronnie. Uh, 14 points, 5.4 rebounds, 4.4 assists, uh, 50% overall from the field, 34% from the three-point line, and uh, 74.5% from the free throw line. So, I mean, you look at just from a number standpoint, um, I like guys to be at 38%. We've covered this a lot on this show from the three-point line. And uh, I'm curious to see how that three-point shot translates when the line moves back a little bit. Um, the, the free throw shooting, I think, is another you know, thing where he can jump up you know, five to seven percent, being that low 80s. That would, yeah. be, that would be ideal. Um, and I think ball security is another thing that is going to be you know, something that is important for him at the next level because he's averaging 2.8 turnovers per game at Gonzaga. And that's what the team, Ronnie, that, I mean, there's a lot of guys in that, in that roster who are going to be really good NBA players, whether it's uh, Corey Kispert or Drew Timmy or uh, Joel, Joel Ayayi. I'm trying to say that right. Uh, yeah. he, another wing, but you know, that's a really, you know, high power team, Andrew Nemhard, who's also a kind of a combo guard. That's a really high level team, two point, you know, closing up to closing you know, three turnovers yeah. a game. That's a little too much. Um, obviously as an NBA point guard, as the number one option as the, the lead ball handler at that level, you want to be in the low twos, high ones. Um, so I think clean up the ball security a little bit. Um, and then again, we're going to talk about this all the time, three point shooting, you know, making sure you're able to hit that off the catch, off the bounce, pull yeah. up game. And, you know, a lot of what Jalen Suggs does, Ronnie, if you watch him closely, it's, it's three point line when guys go under ball screens or, if they go over ball screens or transition, get to the basket, get, to the get fouled, get to the free throw line. So what, where is his middle game? Does he have it? Does he have a pull up 17 to 15 foot jumper? Does he have the, you know, kind of fade away off the glass, something different to where when an NBA rim protector's in there at seven feet, you know, who's just as athletic or maybe even more athletic than Jalen Suggs, is he able to, you know, diversify his game to the point where he can keep, you know, rim protectors off balance with the floater or a pull-up jumper. What are your weaknesses, Ronnie? Yeah, Devin, um, those, those weaknesses make sense. And I'm with you on, on those. I do see that too. Like, you know, where, you know, where does he fit in with maybe a t with a situation that's not as ideal as the one he's in? Because like you said, it's, it's, it's downhill and it's, he's going through defenses pretty easily at this level that I've seen. Right. And is that a knock on the college game or is that just, you know, Gonzaga's playing that well and he's that good? It's a combination of those those things. That's not what's going to happen in the NBA all the time, especially if he goes to a weaker team, which you know he's projected to because of what's going on, unless there's some trades. 
because he's obviously, you know, projected pretty well in this draft. You know, um, I, you look at him as an ideal play and plug guy, meaning he was a perfect recruit for this team. You know, if you look at some of the other top recruits, especially Katie Cunningham, they may have to like carry a team a little bit more. He was an ideal fit. So again, we're not speaking about his uh, weaknesses or some question marks in terms of his game, but just how he's, how he's going to fit in, how it translate, you know, will they work and it goes to a team not so talented, you know, is he going to uplift his teammates if, if um, his team is not, you know, up to snuff like this Gonzaga team is at the NBA level? How does that his game translate when that's the situation? I think he does have to improve off the catch. Uh, that That's noticeable. And, um, you know, again, like you said, does he have like a great long-term NBA player that 15-footer, 17-footer that's kind of automatic that we're going to get into the com player comparables that some of those guys have? Does he have that, you know, will he be developing that? Uh, has he shown glimpses of that? Or is it just, like you said, all downhill, all, you know, open court and Gonzaga's just running away with, with it? Because obviously in high school, he was obviously talented enough to get into the key anytime he wanted. He played with another great player. So those are still some question marks I think people have. Again, how will that affect his, his projection against the other top guys? I, I, I think he's trending up either way. Again, as you say, we don't honorize, we don't want to have an honorized jinx because they're playing now in the NCAA tournament, but so far so good. And I mean, again, we're getting to nitpicking a guy who seems to have all the intangibles of a, of a long-term NBA point guard. I think to your point about, you know, how his leadership or how, you know, his game translates to a team that needs him to be the guy rather yeah. than, you know, a piece of the team, you know, obviously he's, he's still the best NBA prospect on that Gonzaga team, but that's yeah. a really good, really good college basketball team. And yeah. I think we'd have a better, uh, we'd have a better look at this if, Gonzaga had played that game against Baylor before that game was canceled due to COVID-19 yeah. protocols because Baylor that's in that's a freakish defense man they have guys who are yeah. potential lockdown defenders at the NBA level with Davion Mitchell Jared Butler guys like that and yeah. uh, Mark Vidal who's just an absolute monster monster yeah I think if we would have seen that game we would have had a better feel for how Jalen Suggs physicality plays against NBA level type defenders but unfortunately we didn't get that game I think this is my prediction for the NCAA tournament. I have Gonzaga Baylor in the national championship game. So I hope we get to see that game come to fruition. And then we might get a better idea how, how, of how Jalen Suggs overall game will translate against a high level defense. All right, let's jump into our NBA comparables for Jalen Suggs. Ronnie, I'm going to throw it to you. Get us started here. Yeah, you know, when you look at Jalen Suggs, he really is a truly unique player, Devin. I didn't really realize that until I started looking at the high school classes, which kind of translate to the draft classes a, a year or two later, and obviously with the older ones four years later. But I'm focusing more on the more recent guys. I'm looking at, you know, 2010, 11, 13. There's not too many guys in the last 20 years that I really feel confident in comparing them. I say, yep, he plays exactly like him. I see little glimpses of certain guys, and they're good players. but Again, I'll let you take some of the more high ceiling or sure. guys that are right on the money. But I wanted to mention some guys that just throw it out there to kind of compare, you know, compare and contrast a little bit. I like Kobe White. You know, I, a few years ago, we had him in the Balls Eye Fall American game. I, I see some some similarities there, but he's more efficient than Kobe. Kobe was and he, he just a little bit more of a, I think, a true uh, like NBA one team leader type. Uh, Tyler Ennis, who wasn't that as highly regarded. 
And Tyler was coming, you know, with CIA bounce out of St. Benedict's in 2013. He was more of a top 20, top 25 guy. And he just exploded in that year at Syracuse. He started out really great, and Syracuse was good. But I expect, you know, and I think most people do expect Suggs to be a lot better player. I like Marcus Smart. I saw a lot of Marcus Smart in high school. Marcus Big, physical. And, you know, there was some a lot of uh, discussion about what type of player Marcus would be. Uh, you know, some guys thought he was a true point guard playing for the Texas Assault. You know, he went to Oklahoma State. He was very good. Maybe in the 10 range, ESPN had him 10. Rivals had him 10. 247 had him 13. And he plays off the ball. And some people thought he was better off the ball, obviously. I like that physical nature, what Marcus brings to a team. And Marcus has been a very good contributor at the NBA level. But I don't think he has the true point guard ability that Jalen Suggs has overall. Uh, Jamal Murray on the high end. You know, he, Jamal's dynamic. They have that big shoulders, big body, get in the lane, whatever they want. I just don't know if, if um, you know, Jalen is that explosive at the NBA level and he doesn't have the pull-up game and the shooting that Jamal has at this time. So I see a little bit of various guys, and I can get into some more, but those are the ones that I like. I also like Eric Bledsoe, longtime NBA player. You know, Suggs has more size than him, but he's very physical in nature. But again, I'm taking bits and pieces of guys from various games because I don't have that one slam dunk comparable, Devin, but I think you do. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you you always tend to take the uh, the higher road on these things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the guy, you know, digging for guys like you just brought up, whether it's Tyler Ennis or, or Marcus Smart yeah. or Bledsoe. Uh, I think those are all safe bets. Sure. I, I think for me, the, the two safe NBA comparables, safe NBA bets are, are Drew Holiday and Chauncey Billups. Obviously, um, Suggs more comparable to Drew Holiday in body type, okay. uh, size-wise, I think. Uh, Chauncey Billups a couple inches shorter than, than Jalen Suggs is. But from you know, leadership, uh, two-way impact as a, as a defender, rebounder, uh, you know, scorer, and assister, I think Drew Holiday and Chauncey Billups make a lot of sense to me uh, to compare Jalen Suggs to because uh, – you know, Chauncey Billups, obviously Mr. Big Shot, earned him that that nickname to for being a, a clutch performer. And yes. I think Jalen Suggs has similar attributes to that as a guy who you know you can go to down the stretch to get you either a good shot or a bucket. And Drew Holiday, just from a, you know, Drew's kind of a, a very reserved, very confident, but not like overly confident to where he's, you know, uh, making a show. Reckless. Yeah. Reckless. Like that. He's Not very reckless. poised. And I think, yeah. I think Suggs has similar, similar poise, similar mindset, similar approach to what Drew Holiday does, you know, has done throughout his career. Um, higher end comps that I want to make Ronnie, you'll see a lot of Jason Kidd because of, you know, size, they're both, you know, six, four, six, five. Mm. Um, they're both, you know, open court, you know, Jason Kidd wasn't super like first step quick, right? He kind of more used his big frame to create space in, in the half court setting and change of speed, change of pace to get into the paint. Fast. But yeah. in, in the open court, Ronnie, he was fast. He got super by guys fast. super yeah. fast, got by guys, uh, was able to you know set teammates up or, or finish through contact around the basket. And I think Jason Kidd made himself into a, a respectable three-point shooter over time in the NBA. And I think that's what Jalen Suggs is going to have to do. And then – my highest of heights, Ronnie, is uh, uh, Gary Payton. I think yeah. you're going to mention here in a second that you know body types were different at the same stage because Payton sure. was very thin. But I think from an overall 
just feel for the game, overall style of play, uh, toughness, how they're going to impact at the NBA level. I think Gary Payton is a, a very high ceiling for Jalen Suggs to kind of try and reach, especially on the defensive end. If Jalen Suggs can become a Gary Payton type defensive stopper and then become a Gary Payton type of just like, I don't know, dog on the offensive end. Just, yeah, a, just guy a guy who gets it done offensively. Pretty tough, runs the show. Uh, I think, you know, I think a combination, Drew Holiday, Gary Payton, Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups. Those are high comps, Ronnie, but I think Jen yeah. Six has it in him. Wow, yeah. Like you said, I wanted to kind of give fans a little bit more of those comparables back to when those guys were coming in a, to the NBA draft or into college. You know, Chauncey Billups, you know, like you mentioned, he was more in the 20 range. 19 or 22 in, in the rankings. Um, Gary Payne wasn't that highly as highly regarded. was a good high school player, more in the 100. But he was a lot thinner, like you said. But I think players obviously were all a lot thinner than 30 years ago when Gary was coming out of Skyline in, in Oakland. You know, now is over 30 years ago. You just don't seem that far, but he is. But like you mentioned, offensively wasn't, you know, you wouldn't look at him as a guy you would want to have an offensive clinic around, but he could make big shots. Just like you said, is, does Jalen have this have the ability and the the grit and the toughness just to make the big shot when you need it? Gary could, and he can create shots. You know, kind of unorthodox a little bit at times, but so I think Jalen does have some advantages in in that regard. And and you know, you mentioned Jason Kidd. It's funny because you know when you talk about Jason Kidd and his speed, I know a couple of scouts, and I I seen it a little bit too. Obviously, I was younger, but I got to see him because he's the biggest name in, in, in California high school history, damn near as far as a must-watch player. Yeah. And he was so fast. He was as fast as the ball. With dribbling the ball, some guys were all running without it. Like, he would just sprint by guys in, incredibly. And it's, you see a little bit of Suggs doing that with Gonzaga, and you just see, well, how is that going to translate to the NBA level? And like you said, Jason uh, uh, adjusted his game a little bit, but he never lost that defensive mindset. And, and him and Gary wanted to take over defensively pretty much every game. I think Drew Holiday's like that, too. Like I said, maybe he doesn't get the credit, as those guys did. Obviously, they're Hall of Fame players, but he brings a lot of that. So those are very, you know, complimentary comparables. And like you said, you you have a really high – that's giving Jalen Suggs a really high, like, you know, something to shoot for, but you're obviously giving him a lot of uh, compliments and, and kudos and accolades there because those guys are obviously very great. I like the Chauncey Billups one. one. One that I'll throw out there that I think fits in, and I think he's more explosive than him. But if he lasts long and he can do some of the things he's done with the big frame is Andre Miller. Yeah. Andre Miller, I think, coming from my uh, era in the 90s of growing up, he's probably the most unsung NBA player that that stick around long and was very good. You know, coming out of Verbum Day, he was a little bit under-recruited. Uh, he played out of position. He didn't play point guard at Verbum Day. But he had the big body, and he could play def defense. He could play inside. And and he developed that under Rick Majerus at Utah. It was a perfect fit. Just like you say, Suggs is a perfect fit for Gonzaga. He was a perfect fit for Utah, and it brought out the best in him. And, you know, obviously the rest is history there. So, you know, as far as fit, feel, some of these comparisons, it's very interesting how we're not, like, saying one of these guys is a slam dunk. Like, we're, we're kind of throwing – bits and pieces of various guys. Usually we have one guy that's like, we, we just are, are holding our hat to, on that comparison. And I think that's a compliment to Jalen's game. He has a lot of everybody's game in it and he can fit in a lot of different roles. Yeah. My comparisons, Ronnie could come back to bite me a few years down the stretch, but 
but I'm confident in Jalen Suggs and his ability to kind of live up to those expectations. You brought up Andre Miller, obviously Andre Miller, not as explosive vertically or, you know, speed wise as Jalen Suggs, I think athletically more like a Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But with the poise and the kind of uh, floor general ability of Andre Miller. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, if he can bring some of those two guys into his game, I mean, you're talking about a long-term NBA <laughs> player who's going to be very good. You know, I mean, Andre Miller kind of is a, can make junk shots. He can create shots. You know, so far Jalen hasn't had to do that because he's physically more talented than most of the players he goes up against. But like you said, that's going to change. Maybe we'll see a little bit of that here in the later rounds in the tournament, or we'll, we'll, we'll see when he's in the NBA as a, you know, where he lands, if that's going to be to fruition. I think it will. I'm with you that I think it will. Again, I do have some question mark. We'll go over that in the, in the future forecast, but you know, I like those comparisons where we're, we're not, you know, banking them on one. We're just kind of leaving it out there a little bit. And we hope to, you know, maybe we'll get some comments, some people mentioning what they think. Okay, Ronnie, let's close it out with our future forecast for Jalen Suggs. Um, here's the question, man. Where will he get, you know, what, what number will he get drafted? What type of NBA career is he going to have? What do you got? Let's hear it. Yeah. For the NBA draft right now, as we see it, I don't see him getting drafted over Cade, Evan, or Jalen Green. Okay. Again, the things I see is when we look at what we've seen people make mistakes on, whether it's GM, scouting experts, et cetera. They keep going back to the raw athleticism, the measurements over the intangibles that we like, the winning, you know, the other leadership. They just don't put as much stock on it. It doesn't seem like they do lately in the last few years. I mean, you know, when you look at a guy like Anthony Edwards, number one pick of last year's draft, like you can't miss the athleticism and explosiveness. You just can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Back to your point, And you mentioned this when we were doing an NBA draft show at the last NBA draft. You just like some of the some of the attributes and, and some of the moxie of mellow ball. And you thought, man, this, I think this guy's going to hit, you know, like you just thought, thought of that, but you're like, yeah, I don't know if he's going to go number one. And I think that's the same thing coming into this draft with Jalen. We like some of his attributes, but is he, you can't miss Evan Mobley. You just look at him. You're, you can't really go. We, we mentioned that on his on the rise. You can't go wrong with him. Yeah. I just think those, some teams are going to look at Jalen green and they're not going to pass on, his chance to be an athletic two guard or combo guard who's just so explosive. They're just, I just don't see that they're not. Also, when you talk about uh, some of these guys, some, like you said, the minds are made up and some of them didn't even need this season. I'm not really sure Jalen or Evan did. Um, so the college season doesn't seem to be as important as it once was, but there's little doubt that, that this situation in Gonzaga has definitely pushed Jalen uh, Suggs into the top five. You know, I have him at four or five, maybe four. I think that that's good. You know, can he get higher, Devin? I think I want to hear your your take on that. Yeah, I'm on the train with that. He's a top three pick regardless of who's picking. Okay. I think I think with how important that guard position is, especially the guy handling the ball right now yeah. uh, in the NBA, he's kind of a no-brainer uh, as far as he's a guy who's going to come in with the leadership ability, with the uh, mentality, with the, the toughness, and the durability to endure yeah. – an 82 game regular season at the NBA level and take, you know, the, the flights, you know, the back-to-backs, the back all that stuff. He's proven to be a durable guy with, with a, a football type mentality and toughness that yeah. inside of a basketball package, right? Like yeah. that doesn't happen very often. As you mentioned, you, no. you tried to find guys 
who had that ability. And the one guy I can think of is Charlie Ward. Uh, yeah. And Suggs is obviously a better basketball player than Charlie Ward was. Bigger, uh, more physical. Bigger, Just yeah, at the same time. He's more, you know, Charlie Ward would never be in, 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 in position to be a top five pick. It's right. Just, he didn't have that ability. I think he could have been a top five NFL pick, but he didn't choose that route, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I think, I think his all world mindset running just separates him from, from guys like uh, uh, other gardens draft, whoever they may be. Uh, I'm going, you know, obviously I, I think from a total safe package standpoint, Evan Mobley, number one, we've talked about this in our Evan Mobley yeah. show. Make sure you guys head to the Ball's Life podcast network, check out the first four shows that we've done. Um, but yeah, we talk about this a lot. Uh, top five prospects I think are already set. It's Mobley, Cade, Suggs, Jalen Green, and Jonathan Kuminga. It's really tough for those for Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, Ronnie, because that G League bubble was it was okay. Sure. What did they get out of it? Like, what did we learn about those guys with Jalen Suggs? You know, in the NCAA tournament, if they're able to make a a elite eight final four national championship run you have to take him top three you have to if you need a guard because he's proven that he can win on that 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 big stage with with the the bright lights and all the pressure yeah it's like you said i i'm with you i like putting a little bit more stock in the intangibles the winning the leadership i just don't see right now that the the nba brass is going to do that they're just going to look at the measurables they're going to look at the attributes look at the combine testing the numbers the vertical the the reach the standing reach the jumping reach i just think they are you know that's just where the game seems to be and i i get it you know and there's been some some mistakes some mistakes in that regard you know i i mean again look at james wiseman again you look at him like how could you pass this guy up and i think he can be really good but are some golden state fans not going man right now i wish we could have mellow you kind of mentioned that before and are in the paint and on the rise shows. You've mentioned that in our draft draft party episode we had during the 2020 NBA draft. You, you, you made that point, and I just think it's a valid point. Again, I'm not knocking James Wiseman because it might be the right pick as, as time goes on. It might be the right pick, but that's where I think you'd look at. I do think – I don't know who it's going to be, but – whether it's Kaminga or, or Jalen Suggs, I do think a team's going to say, damn, I wish we would have got them, that player. One of those two. That's yeah. one of those picks. So who's going to be the player? I'm not really sure, but I I don't think this top five is going to go exactly as you, as we think in terms of like number one is going to have the NBA best career. Number two is going to have the second best career. Number three is going to have the third best career. I just don't think it's going to work like that. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for our Jalen Suggs episode of On The Rise. For more On The Rise content, head to YouTube, hit up the Ball Is Life podcast network, check out the first four episodes of Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Sharif Cooper, and J.D. Davison. We're going to continue to put out high-quality content. Hopefully you guys enjoy this. Uh, Subscribe, like, leave us a comment. We want to hear what you have to say. But until the next episode of On The Rise, Ronnie and Devin are signing off.